Hey guys, Elizabeth here, and I want to talk to you about Boardwalk Apparel Company. They are one of our newest partners, and we could not love them more. They specialize in offbeat and quirky shirts and hoodies, and they even have their own podcast, so you should definitely check that out. Their shirts and hoodies are really great quality, and you can get your own by going to BoardwalkT-shirts.com and use code BESTIE to get 10% off your first order. So after you're done listening to this episode, go to BoardwalkT-shirts.com and use our code BESTIE to get that 10% off. Again, that's BoardwalkT-shirts.com, code BESTIE at checkout. Later, besties. Hi, welcome to Horrendous, a Best Friends podcast, where we are old ladies, and this week Elizabeth and tell me a story while I sit here and crochet, because I'm an old lady, so. No, yeah. that doesn't make you an old lady, that just means you're using your time better than I am when <laughs> I am not recording, which usually means I'm on TikTok. Oh, that's good to know, that you don't listen to me. I do, no, I listen to you when you, I'm talking about like when we're, you know, you know what, never mind, I'm not going to sit here and defend myself, I'm too tired for this shit, <laughs> you knew what I meant, I'm not doing this with you, you know, this is my one safe place where I don't have to come and defend myself, or justify why I do the things I do, and then now you're turning on me, and I just don't know how to feel about this. Okay, so I have a new subculture to tell you yeah, about. Yeah, tell me, tell me about it. And first of all, we spotted three Salt Life stickers in a row on Highway 255 today. Oh, God. And Brady, or not today, yesterday, Brady caught, is the one who caught them. She's, Mom, Salt Life sticker. It's become <laughs> a family game. Every time there's a Salt Life sticker, somebody in the car points it out. That's hilarious. Okay, so Jake and I decided to go hang out with super fan Sarah and Patrick, mm-hmm. who As also listens. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. <laughs> but we were driving through the canyon, uh-huh. going past Cook's Corner and whatnot, and we took the Bronco. Right, I got a First new Bronco. Of all, yeah, don't don't let Callie just casually drop. We took the Bronco. Callie got a sexy new car from their dad. It was a very generous gift. Very. Ridiculously generous. Ridiculously generous. I'm still waiting for my Bronco to come. I think he forgot me. It's okay. Um, All is forgiven, Al. I will continue to drive my Chrysler. Yeah, so as Callie casually drops, we were driving the Bronco. Yes, Callie got a a brand new car. (laughs) So we we took the Bronco instead of the Rav Four, and (laughs) so we're driving. We just passed like Cook's Corner, and all of a sudden, this car comes past us, Mm -hmm. and their top was down. And they're, like, uh-huh. waving, like, crazy at me. It was uh-huh. another Bronco. 
Oh, yeah. That, okay, that is a whole subculture in itself. They're almost as obnoxious as the Jeep people. I'm just going to tell you now. Okay, so I waved back. I was like, oh, this is this is a thing. I have to wave to all Broncos now. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not the Bronco sports. Like, those are mom cars. Mm-hmm. It's the Bronco Broncos mm-hmm. that you wave at, like with the 35 inch mud tires that I'm afraid I'm going to run over people with. But <laughs> hey, you, you know what? Al thought you needed mud tires out there in California for all the mudslides. Right. Like he's looking out for me. Truly. And so I'm Googling about my Bronco because I don't. I don't know all the features there's a ridiculous amount of crap on it and i mean that again the best callie says way. as i'm driving my seven-year-old car <laughs> i didn't realize broncos went out of not print but whatever they, they quit producing them they quit manufacturing them yeah, yeah i had for a no while. idea like they're like the broncos just came back like last year yeah 2021 and like the pre or the orders for getting a 2022 just ended yesterday. You cannot buy a 2022 now. Hmm. I wasn't going to, but <laughs> thank you for letting me know. Like, it's a very exclusive club, apparently. And I had no idea. Like, it's, it's a nice car, but I didn't realize, like, how exclusive it was. So I get this guy, like, just frantically, like, waving at me because he's the only other actual Bronco I've seen besides yeah. Bronco Sports. I used to have seen them a lot here. We don't have them here. I see so many Wranglers, but I don't – I haven't seen any Broncos. Yeah. Well, first of all, the older ones – You think the new ones are expensive? The older ones are extremely expensive. Oh, yeah. Because they quit manufacturing them. Which is what you would think (laughs) would be the case with my Chrysler since they don't manufacture that model anymore. But no, it's essentially worthless. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's Chrysler's fault for putting the fucking battery in the fucking wheel well. In the in the headlights. That's how you gotta change the headlight is through the wheel well. Yeah. Matt says our next car is gonna be an electric car. So I live in California and mm-hmm. I do not want an electric car because I can't even afford to run the AC in the summertime. So that's that's fair. I wouldn't be able to afford to charge up my car either. That's fair. So yeah, so there's a Bronco life so- subculture that I had no idea about. Well, they're yeah, they're right up there with the Jeep life people. But I guess I'm a part. But look at it this way: you prepared, you trained for this moment your entire life, growing up in a small town. Right. Where you drive downtown, and you you may know them, you may not know them. They're still waving at you. Yes, that is true. So you prepared for this. This is what you trained for. This is very true. So yeah, I figured I figured I'd let you know that discovery that I made. Well, that's a very thrilling discovery, and I'm loving that journey for you. Can't wait to hear more about it as your adventures with your sexy ass Bronco continue. So those are the Bronco adventures. 
What about you? I got an oil change and a coolant flush in my 2015 Chrysler 200. (laughs) And I was talking to the lady because I went to Valvoline Instant Oil Change and I was talking to the lady in the bay beside me, and I realized I'm I've turned into my grandparents. Oh God, that that's a that's a Vera and Mike thing to do, and I mean it in like the best possible way, like right. But I was just like, yeah, I I've become that person. This is who I am now, <laughs> and I made my peace with it. Yeah, and I've started drinking coffee. Wait. Yeah. You didn't drink coffee? No. I thought you knew this about me. I know you don't like sweet tea because you're a psychopath. First of all, no. Not because I'm a psycho. Because I don't want my teeth to rot out of my head. Secondly, and and to be fair, I don't like unsweet tea either. (laughs) I like a nice herbal tea. Nice peach green tea. I I don't do black tea. Disgusting. Psychopath. Well, yeah, so I've started drinking coffee. To be fair, though, it's mostly vanilla oat milk with, like, a splash of coffee in it. (laughs) I have been drinking black coffee again. Oh, my gosh. Now you're a sociopath. (sighs) Not the first time I heard that. My grandpa drinks black coffee, so I guess maybe that makes him a sociopath, too. (laughs) So I don't know, because he's like one of the best people I know, so he can't be a sociopath. Weirdos. We'll say weirdos. Okay, so listen, I need coffee to survive. Second of off, second of off, whatever, I don't like to drink my calories. I don't either. That's why I drink Coke Zero. So if I'm going to drink my calories, it is going to be a nice beverage. Like this beautiful lavender lemonade spiked sparkling water. I'm loving it. I'm loving that. And I'm sad I cannot have one. I'm sorry. It's so good. It's so dangerous. And it's this beautiful lavender color. Ugh. It's kind of like the Four Hands Brewery Blackberry Pomegranate Seltzer. Delicious. And refreshing. I haven't had that one either, so. It's so good. Yeah, so I can't waste all my calories in the morning drinking a bunch of cream with my coffee. My oat milk's two Weight Watchers points, so I can get away with it. Okay, well, I'm counting calories. I can't justify 120 calories. That's fair. Go ahead. So, as I'm, like, yelling at you, I'm just angry that I'm counting calories right now. You do you. Good for you, not for me. (laughs) I was hangry at a certain point today, too, so it's okay. We'll get through this together. Uh, All right. Anything else on the Elizabeth side, or are we going to jump into the story that I have no idea what it is? I I guess we could finally get into the story. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So before we get in, I will go ahead and give my sources... So we have PBS.org, NBC News, Hollywood Reporter, Forbes.com, Life and Times of Hollywood.com, LA Ghost Tour. Uh, it's either Ola or Hala. <laughs> Not sure which one. The Hollywood Home.com, OnHike.com, and MentalFloss.com. 
So, after the Christina Hickey episode, I needed a bit of a break from true crime just for mental health reasons. And there's still some death involved in this episode, but it's not as brutal as, you know, the murder of a 15-year-old girl. Okay. So this week we're going to take a virtual trip around mainly Hollywood, but we'll we'll circumnavigate back across the country and we're going to discuss the alleged ghosts of some of the famous folks of yesteryear. So, join me on this journey. All right. Let us go, shall we? Cool. <laughs> First stop, Hollywood, California. We're going to start at Universal Studios, Soundstage 28 to be exact. Though it is no longer standing, it was the home of such iconic films as the 1925 silent film The Phantom of the Opera and other iconic Universal horror films such as Dracula and The Bride and Frankenstein as well as Hitchcock's infamous Psycho. It was also one of Universal's oldest and longest standing sound stages. Actor Lon Chaney... Known as the man of a thousand faces for his ability to transform into different characters with the makeup techniques he developed to make himself unrecognizable, filmed multiple films on this soundstage. Cheney was the star of the 1925 Phantom of the Opera, as well as other famous silent era horror films such as The Hunchback of Notre Dame. So a quick background about Lon Chaney. He was born as Leonidas Cheney in Colorado Springs in 1883 to deaf parents. And this actually helped Cheney learn to communicate his emotions with his hands and his face without ever saying a single word. He honed his skills in the theater before appearing in film. His official film count isn't confirmed because he did a lot of work as an extra in many films, but most people agree he appeared in at least 157 films. Additionally, he famously shied away from the typical leading man roles and took on more character roles, which led him to become famous for being able to transform himself into those characters. However, Cheney died at the very young age of 47 from carcinoma of the bronchus, otherwise known as lung cancer. Mm. His son, Lon Cheney Jr., actually would go on to play the wolfman in which is one of the um, famous black and white universal horror movies. And he would also star in other films as well. But let's stick with his dad. So what does this have to do with anything? Well, it is alleged that Lon Chaney Sr. now haunted the set of the now no longer existing Soundstage 28. The Soundstage was demolished in 2014, with pieces of the Phantom of the Opera set moved and preserved elsewhere. But before that, it was supposedly home to a ghost. Whose ghost? Well, it is rumored slash believed to have been that of Lon Chaney himself. Crew members reported seeing a figure in a cape running up and down the catwalks of the soundstage before disappearing. Other, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds familiar. It's like one of those TikToks where you see, it's like, watch for the ghost we caught on camera, and it's literally, like, somebody, like, running across the, the, the room in a sheet. Jesus. <laughs> That's what I thought of when I was typing that. Right. Um, anyway, 
So, crew members report seeing a figure in a cape running up and down the catwalks of the soundstage before disappearing. Others reported seeing a caped man with stage makeup on his face, which closely resembled how Cheney looked in his phantom makeup. Some stories even report freak accidents among crew members. Anytime someone would attempt to move pieces of the phantom set off of the soundstage. Many people believe these ghost stories were actually just created to generate publicity and interest for the 1943 version of the Phantom of the Opera starring Claude Rains. However, most firmly believe it was truly the ghost of Lon Chaney lurking around the former set of one of his most famous films. Our next stop is 7000 Hollywood Boulevard at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. The Hollywood Roosevelt opened in 1927 and in 1929 was the site of the very first Academy Awards. Okay. Yeah, many stars have stayed at the hotel over the course of its long history, but one of its most famous was the one and only Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn has had a very sad or had a very sad and traumatic history, which is too much to go into as just a side note, it really deserves its own episode. But just for context, I will give you a brief synopsis of her life and death. Marilyn Monroe shot to stardom after being discovered working in a factory during World War II. She became a military pinup girl and began modeling for different advertisements, or advertisements, as my Mima says. She soon made her way into acting and starred in such iconic films such as Some Like It Hot, which is hilarious. I love that movie. The Seven Year Itch, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, love that movie as well. She had a very sad life and battled mental illness throughout. She was found dead in her Brentwood home in 1962 under mysterious circumstances, though almost everyone agrees it was an accidental overdose, though multiple conspiracy theories do exist. Again, that's a whole other episode, and that's just glazing over her life and career. And as a fun side note, I was obsessed with Marilyn Monroe in high school and my early 20s, which is just more yep. proof that I am the most basic of basic white girls there ever was. That's yep. what Callie loves about me. Yeah. Except for what? Not liking coffee. Not liking Listen, coffee or pumpkin I'm spice getting, lattes. Okay, first of all, I hate pumpkin spice lattes. But I have started to drink coffee, but I'm not going to let it become my whole personality. It's literally my whole personality. Okay. Well, and I didn't mean it as any insult to you. You're not wearing shirts that say coffee first, smile later. I had a shirt that said, but coffee first. Okay. All right. I take everything I just said back. Um. <laughs> I got it at Target, which is also my whole personality. Okay, but, all right. So let's redo this. At least my whole personality is not decorating my house and Ray Dunn stuff. Okay. There we go. That's where my basic white girlness line stops. And other fun side fact, my husband proposed to me by hiding my engagement ring in a Marilyn Monroe purse. Aww. Okay. So, back to Marilyn Monroe, less about me. Marilyn Monroe stayed at the Hollywood Roosevelt multiple times throughout her career and even posed for her first print ad, which was a toothpaste ad, on the diving board of the pool. When she stayed at the hotel after she became a star, she often stayed in a second floor cabana, which overlooked the pool. 
When Marilyn stayed there, the hotel provided her with a full-length mirror with a dark wood frame, which she often used. After her death, the mirror was removed from the room and placed in the manager's office. Soon after her death, that's when people began reporting seeing the reflection of a sad-looking woman, a blonde woman, in the mirror. No. Right? I know. It's your favorite thing. I should have I should have warned you. I'm sorry. I'm not okay with this at all. I know that you're... I, 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 I'm... Yes, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think to warn you. <laughs> I'm just saying edit that whole thing out of the podcast. The hell you are! It's part of the story! <laughs> so, one story... In 1985, after the hotel had been closed for two years for remodeling, a hotel staff member was dusting off the mirror, which was in the general manager's office. Content warning, Callie. Okay. (laughs) She Uh. looked into the mirror and saw the reflection of a tall, sad, blonde woman standing behind her. No. She asked (laughs) you... She asked the woman if she was okay and explained she was not supposed to be in there. But the woman did not answer her. She turned around to face the woman, but there was no one there. No. (laughs) However, when she looked back at the mirror, she could still see the woman's reflection. Fuck no. Stop. (laughs) She stood there in horror and confusion. Until the woman just disappeared in front of her. Oh, oh. yeah. The mirror has been <laughs> the mirror has been displayed in the hotel over the years in the foyer near the lower elevator, with many guests reporting having a similar experience to that of the hotel staff member. Guests have also reported seeing her around and sometimes in her favorite second floor cabana she stayed in. That was disgusting. I'm I'm so sorry. But you know what? I'm going to look at it as my revenge upon you. What did I do? For making fun of me about Freddy Krueger. Okay, but if you watch that movie now, you would know why. this is what you get. No. First of all, we're fighting now because, (laughs) no, that first nightmare on Elm Street is hilarious. Horrifying. Hilarious. Horrifying. Hilarious. Awful. Terrifying. Yeah. See? Okay. Okay. Freddy Krueger no, at a point no. like does this. And like his arms like stretch out and it's so weird. Like it's like a xylophone stretch out thing. It's, it's also stupid. from 1984, okay? The effects weren't that great, but the impact still is there, okay? <laughs> You're not going to convince me otherwise. That movie traumatized me as a child. You just need to watch it and get it out of your system. I watched the remake. That doesn't count. Why are we having this argument right now? (laughs) I'm just saying you need to watch it. It will be okay. I'm just saying, and I mean this with the utmost respect (laughs) and love. I do. I mean this. The most respect and love I can give you. Go fuck yourself. Okay. You can wait until we're together and I'll cuddle you while you watch it. Okay. And then you'll laugh. May I continue? I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ghost of Marilyn Monroe, according to Forbes, is, quote, the hardest working ghost in Hollywood, as her ghost is said to appear at multiple locations across the L.A. area, including her former home in Brentwood. 
Her ghost is said to also hang out in the ladies' restroom of the Knickerbocker Hotel as well as that of the El Capitan. Another location she is said to allegedly haunt is her actual crypt out located in Westwood Village Memorial Park. Visitors to her crypt allege seeing a pink mist appear near her crypt, as well as one visitor claiming they have a photo of the ghostly face of Monroe near her crypt. And can I just say, I am I feel very just awful for her that Hugh Hefner could not fucking leave her alone even in death, and he had to make sure his crypt was right beside her. Just saying. Ugh. Just saying. Gross. Just saying. Disgusting. Okay. The Hollywood Roosevelt actually has more than just one famous ghost. The ghost of famous film actor Montgomery Clift is said to also haunt the hotel. Montgomery Clift was famous for portraying handsome, brooding, and often tortured characters during his career. He, very much like Marilyn Monroe, probably deserves his own episode. He struggled with substance abuse throughout his career, particularly after a near-fatal and disfiguring car accident, which... If you don't know the story of that, it's it's awful. He also struggled with mental health issues and fear of his sexuality being revealed during a time which was not open or accepting of the LGBTQ plus community. Cliff stayed at the Hollywood Roosevelt for several months in room 938 while he prepared for his iconic role in the 1953 film From Here to Eternity, which if for those of you who are like, what's that? Everybody knows that famous black and white movie scene where they're rolling around on the beach and the waves are crashing over them. It's that movie. Guests who stay in room 938 often claim that the heat turns up on its own, which sounds like just hell because when I'm in a hotel, I like to crank her down and just enjoy the blissful coldness of the hotel room. So it just sounds awful to me. (laughs) And the radio often turns on by itself. Other guests and employees have claimed to hear the sounds of a bugle, which Clift was teaching himself to play for his role in the film, echo down the hallway. Hmm. Now, let us move from downtown L.A. across town to a private residence. Our next celebrity haunting is not necessarily a ghost, but rather the bad juju left behind by this particular individual. Joan Crawford. Famously portrayed by Faye Dunaway and Mommy Dearest. Hmm. No more wire hangers! Who really, really needs an episode of her own. I'm putting it on the list. Has apparently left a very vicious and awful energy in her former home. Christina Crawford, Joan's daughter and author of the infamous Mommy Dearest novel, which the movie is based off of, claimed that while growing up there, the house was absolutely haunted by what she did not elaborate, and she often saw things in the house. Again, she didn't elaborate on that either. So take it with a grain, if you will. Joan Crawford lived in the home until she died, and it is after her death when the weird things and bad energy began to manifest. Spontaneous fires began to break out along the wall behind where Crawford's bed was located. The Beverly Hills Fire Department spent several days trying to figure out where the source of the fire was, but I tried to find information if they were able to pinpoint the cause, and I could not find any more information. Christina Crawford further claims that every family that has lived in the home has experienced addiction, alcoholism, illness, mental health issues, and relationship problems, all starting from the time that Crawford herself lived there. 
She further alleges that the current homeowners have even had multiple exorcisms performed in the home. Ghost hunters, psychics, and exorcists who have visited the home say they have not encountered or sensed the actual spirit of Joan Crawford, but rather believe it is the negative energy left behind by Crawford that is causing the weird occurrences in the home. So our journey is going to take us now outside of Hollywood in L.A. to Anaheim, where? To the most magical place on earth, Disneyland. The most expensive. Well, no, this trip we're taking is free because it's in our heads. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but how could Disneyland be haunted, you ask? Did Disney cover up some horrific murder? No, it's much more simple than that. Disneyland is rumored to be haunted by Walt Disney himself. Disney was very involved in the process of plotting and designing the flagship theme park. Disney opened in July of night or Disneyland opened in July 1955. Walt Disney and his family spent quite a bit of time there. So much so that he had his own apartment constructed in the theme park. Since his death in 1966, people have claimed to have had ghostly or weird experiences at the most magical place on earth. Walt Disney was a huge lover of trains. Apparently, that love is carried on into the afterlife. The Disneyland Railroad has a command center, which ha also has a board which tracks where the trains are on the track. Employees have claimed multiple occurrences of, a late, of late at night. A train shows on the board accompanied by a whistle despite no train being on the track at the time. Employees have now started calling this Walt's Train. In an interview with sfgate.com, paranormal investigator and Kindred Spirits host Amy Bruni says they were filming an episode of Kindred Spirits, stating they were standing near a set of train tracks which had no trains running at that time of year when all of a sudden train signals went off as if a train were approaching but no train ever passed another story told is that of ghostly occurrences in and around the disney apartment multiple people have claimed to have encountered a table lamp going on and off by itself others claim to have seen a figure of a man in the apartment when no one is supposed to be there then there are the phantom smells which is not as gross as it sounds. Disney was a chain smoker, but his wife Lillian believed that he should never be seen walking around the park smoking in front of the children who were visiting. It's better that it's cigarette smoke and not like farts. Like especially a dog fart. Yeah. Oh, that would be awful. Like uh, ghost goofy farts. People claim to smell cigarette smoke, though there is no smoking allowed on the property anymore. One employee claims that they smelled the scent of cigarettes one night and ran back there to try to figure out who the perpetrator was. They found no one there and not even a single cigarette butt. One paranormal investigator claims that while investigating after hours one evening, she was in fantasy land, and she and her team saw a man standing on the drawbridge outside of the castle waving at them. She says he stood there for about 20 seconds and then slowly began to disappear. So, we're going to pack our bags and head across to the other side of the country to New York City. 
This magical mystery ghostly tour is going to take us to the Dakota building. And if you've noticed, if you have listened to our coverage of the life and death of John Lennon, then you know the Dakota was home to Lennon and his wife Yoko Ono at the time of his death and is where he was tragically murdered by Mark David Chapman. Apparently, Lennon's ghost is still at the Dakota. Yoko Ono herself has said she has seen his spirit sitting at his white piano. Ono has continued to live at the Dakota after John's death, and it was during one of these encounters that Yoko says he looked at her and said, don't be afraid, I am still with you. Aww. Which is beautiful. I would be like, don't you dare bring another woman into this house. <laughs> Actually be like, no, they could have you. Uh, good luck. <laughs> In 1983, a musician named Joey Harrow, who lived near the Dakota, claimed to have seen the ghost of Lennon standing in the doorway, where he had been murdered three years before. Writer Amanda Moores states the story is absolutely true, as she was there with Joey when he saw the alleged apparition of John Lennon. She said the apparition was standing there with a very serious look on his face and had an eerie glow around him. In 2006, a seance was televised where psychics alleged that John Lennon made more than one uh, appearance to them during this time. Which, I couldn't find any more information about this or, like, who did it and if what show it was on. I'll try to look into it some more. <laughs> However, Lennon's ghost isn't just experienced at the Dakota. He's also been allegedly witnessed in the UK. Famed Oasis singer... And brother hater, Liam Gallagher, claims to have had an encounter with a spirit he was convinced was John Lennon. He says while staying in Manchester with a friend, he was sleeping one evening and woke up out of nowhere. Feeling very weird, he looked back and saw himself laying on the bed. Gallagher states that during this out-of-body experience, he felt another presence in the room, and he says he knows for a fact that it was John Lennon. Okay, sure. Which I don't know what made him think that. I don't know if he, like, heard him saying give peace a chance or fuck you Ringo or <laughs> something or fuck you Paul. Like, I don't I don't know. Or George, <laughs> you don't want to play any of your songs. Um, Cynthia, Cynthia Lennon, John's first wife, says that she found a dead jackdaw, which upon research is like a crow or a raven. Uh, wrapped in newspapers dated 1956 behind her fireplace. She further elaborates that John had once told their son Julian that if there was life after death, he would prove it by sending a feather, which I think a, a whole ass dead bird is a bit of overkill, but okay. Mm, yeah. She explains that when Julian saw the jackdaw, he became very shaken and was convinced it was a sign from his late father. Side note, having a dead bird in your house is bad luck. Oh. Good to know. I'll try not to have any dead birds on my house. Right? Finally, even Sir Paul McCartney himself claims to have had an experience with the ghost of John Lennon. While recording Lennon's unfinished symphony, Free as a Bird, with Ringo Starr and George Harrison, McCartney says there were many weird things that happened in the studio. He says there were noises that couldn't have been... there. Noises that should not have been there and could not be explained, as well as malfunctioning equipment. And there was just an overall feeling of John in the room with them. And another experience during this recording, McCartney says they were doing a photo shoot with Harrison and Starr. 
and a white peacock wandered into the chute from a nearby farm. McCartney is convinced that this was another sign that Lennon was there with them. Aw, cute. It is very sweet. And that, my friends, are all the famous little ghosty ghosts I have for you uh, this episode. I may come back with some more when I need to take another mental health break from the dark, scary, and awful. Um, but yeah, that that's it. Just wanted to do something light, something breezy, something fun. Perfect. There's still dead people, but we didn't have to talk about how they died. Yeah, that's true. If only we could get ghosts without people dying. If only. But that's what that's it this week. I'm not too critical of any of those stories. Just because, like, they're fun. And they're not, like, overly played like Amityville. But Exactly. And that was the thing. I I was like, I'm going to do some ghost stories. But I'm like, I want to find some ghost stories you don't hear a lot. And I thought it would be fun to do uh, some ghost stories of, you know, some famous people. I really wanted to do, and I still may do it, was celebrity encounters with ghosts. But then I realized it's a whole fucking show. It's called Celebrity Ghost Stories. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) So I'm like, people would think I'm ripping that off, Um, which I probably, you know, could use their stories for an episode but i was like okay well instead of that why don't i just do like celebrity ghosts and so this is what you got there were more there were more but they didn't have a lot of information with them these were the most ones i could find like a generous amount of information i guess for yeah. lack of a better well, i don't know anyway i hope everybody <laughs> enjoyed it i enjoyed it we'll go back to some terrible shit next week actually i shouldn't say that it's callie's episode next week not mine yeah you don't know what I'm going to do. Exactly. I, I might do something wholesome. This is not called Wholesome, a best friend's podcast. It it might be wholesomely horrendous. Okay. Whatever you say. Now I'm going to try and find something like that. Just to spite me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Check out all of our stuff. You can find it all at horrendouspodcast.com. And we have a TikTok now. And we have a TikTok that Elizabeth worked hard on. (laughs) Thanks to my 12-year-old who is teaching me how to use TikTok. I have no idea what I'm doing, so bear with me. And uh, If you want to join Elizabeth on that adventure, it is Horrendous Podcast. Yes, Horrendous Podcast on TikTok. Perfect. All right. So thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you, besties. And... Until next time, this has been Herestus. Herestus. Horrendous. <laughs> Good lord, it's time for me to go to bed. Good night, besties. Bye, besties. <laughs>